happen to go in pairs. Things that go together in pairs. Uh, if, we, if we think about couples, right? One of the most famous couples is the first couple ever existed. You, you can't say the name of Adam without thinking of... Come on. I mean, you've got some gangsters that was out there. You've got Bonnie and... Right? All right, so I'm dating myself. A little more modern, like, let's say, uh, Jay-Z and... Beyonce, exactly. I mean, they're things that just kind of, you think about pairs, they go together. I, I, I often think about food. I know, I don't look it no more, right? <laughs> I'm deceiving. But I think about food. You got eggs and bacon. Oh, man, but then you got bacon in just about anything, right? I mean, because bacon just makes everything good. Wrap some of that around a nice burger, a nice uh, steak, little chicken wrap with some bacon. I mean, bacon just like, I mean, but it's a pair that goes well, doesn't it? You can't sit at a, a table and, 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 and not miss your salt and, or, or, or as far as sandwiches go, come on, peanut butter and, they just go together. They go together. You know, one of the, my things, I love this. This, this is a pair that is always like, it's a perfect pair. Milk and Oreos. Oh, come on. You just dip them. And you got to hold them down in the milk for about, you know, 35 seconds. But you got to time it right because it get, if it gets too soft, it falls off and it goes in. And then you got to like scoop it out. But it's, it's about 30 seconds is about the exact timing that you could pull it out and it just like crumbles in you. Oh, so good. So good. There have been shows that, that you know, they, they try to pair every meal with the perfect wine. It's about pairing it, right? And, and, and the thought is, the thought is, what I'm trying to drive at is that you can have the one and, you know, it's okay. It's, it's good. It's all right. But if you pair it up, oh boy, come on. Watch out. It's like burgers and fries, man. They just go together. Things really just need to go together. You know who knew about pairs? The disciples. The disciples, they knew about pairing things up. The Bible speaks about pairs. In fact, the Bible tells us about Adam and Eve. The Bible tells us about animals that were being brought to Noah two by twos in pairs right? If we read in the book of Isaiah, we see that horsemen traveling in pairs gave testimony to the fall of Babylon. Pairs, pairs. The Bible speaks about Jesus sending out his disciples in pairs. See, see, there are certain things that, that we just can't do alone. But if we pair up, Come on, I said if we pair up, we can accomplish the impossible. Amen. And it's a matter of finding out that perfect pair. The Bible says that one can send a thousand to flight, but two can send ten thousand. Do you see the multiplication? If we were to come together and pair up, what well, we can do. And so my charge to you, family, this morning... Do we dare to pair? Do we dare to pair? 
See, there are certain things in life that would hinder us. Certain things in life that hold us back. Strongholds that are working in our lives to hinder the production that God is calling us into. Doubt. Anybody ever suffer from doubt? Anxiety, the not knowing, huh? Doubt comes and can cripple us. It, it almost freezes us and paralyzes us because we, we, we question everything and we're not sure of ourselves. And so rather than stepping out and doing, we hold ourselves back because we're gripped by doubt and fear, fear. Fear. You don't even think about the fear. You think, well, we live in a safe country. We, we, we live and we go out and we do, but so much fear grips us. I mean, man, man is afraid, huh? He's afraid to fill out the job application because he's afraid to be rejected. The fear of, of unfulfilling, the fear of rejection, the fear of criticism holds us back. How about addiction? Hmm? Doesn't always have to be, you know, drugs, although drugs is, is a big part of that. It holds us back. But, but people have addictions that they don't even realize about it. Huh? Some people come home and their go-to, their, their, their soft spot, you know, oh, I just want to disconnect. And so, you know, I watch soap operas. I owe and I eat food. I like to eat food. Addictions, um, uh, the OCD in the home, everything's got to be clean and in a place and in an order and it just drives us and it's what compels us. And you think that that's a healthy fear. You think that's a healthy addiction, criticism. But the fact of the matter is most people that have that type of level of OCD, if you take a step back and you're like, is it really all that serious? I mean, all of it. Dishes should be clean, they should be sterile and that sort of thing, but when, when, when it drives us and it pulls us away from normalcy, unforgiveness that strikes us, I mean, it holds us back. That's a stronghold. Why? You know, I want to forgive. There have been times in my life where people have done me wrong that, you know what, when someone does me wrong, I, you know, I'm a big boy. I can handle it. I got broad shoulders. God gave me, you know, that type. I'm built that way. That's not a problem. I don't really take offense. But if you do my family wrong, huh? You know, Papa Bear comes out. I've, I've, had, I've had times where I've had to come to the Lord. Lord, I forgive them. Because this is what you're asking me. This is what I'm supposed to do. But my God, that's between me, me and this individual. I'm going to forgive them. But between me and you, you got to deal with my unforgiveness. Right? Hatred. It's just certain people just rub you. And you know that they're wrong. You know that they're bad. You know that they've got wickedness. But we're not supposed to hate them. God loves the sinner. He hates the sin. Can we, can we have spiritual eyes to look beyond the ailments and the superficial symptoms and see an individual through the same eyes that Christ did as he cried out from the cross and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And all of that, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Pride. 
There's a certain level of pride that comes within us. You know, it, sometimes, sometimes it's good. You, you, you want to you wanna reflect everything that you hands find to do. You do it for the glory of the Lord. And so, you know, everything, you know, you're reflecting the kingdom of God. But the moment that pride steps in, and you think you're doing it on your strength, you're doing, you, you, the results are coming out by, based on your efforts. We've, 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 we've twisted it. And I don't know if you've ever come across a situation that has caused you to cry out to God. God, help me. God, why? I've been there. Just recently. Like, like, like I've prayed the way I know how to pray, God. I'm coming to you the way I know how. And I'm praying and I need these situations resolved. And yet, where is the evidence of your presence in my life? Where is the evidence? So I want to ask you a question, church. Do you want to see the evidence of prayer in your life? Yeah? Yeah? Look at your, look at your neighbor and tell them, show me the evidence. Show me the evidence. I want to see the evidence of God working in and through your life. Hallelujah. Show me the evidence. I'm gonna, we're going we're gonna to go into a Bible passage in the 17th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. And we're going to see that the disciples had that same ailment, that same situation. They had the same obstacle before them. And if you would uh, open up your devices and your version Bible app, and, or if you're old school and still got the paper, I commend you. <laughs> Matthew chapter 17, we're going to pick it up at the 15th verse. And a man that had come to Jesus said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic. Who knows what epilepsy is? Huh? Epilepsy is, is, is a disease. But here in the Greek translation of this word, the literal translation is moonstruck or affected by or as if the moon, such as mentally unbalanced, romantically sentimental. He's moonstruck. He's not in his right mind. Who works in a hospital nursing, um, Lena? Full moons. When the, when a full moon is out, is there an increase? I don't know what it is scientifically, but if you go across, uh, um, I've learned that in crisis response, that whenever there is a full moon, the, that's the busiest time of the month inside an emergency room. They're moonstruck, or the Bible would call people epileptic. <laughs> and this young boy, he suffered severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. 
And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there. And it will move. And nothing, no thing will be impossible for you. However, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, God, for the body and the blood. We thank you for the forgiveness of our sins, that even in our brokenness, we are found to be righteous before your sight. You've given us the authority and the ability to be able to humbly come before your presence, to declare your promises, O Father God. And so I just pray this morning that you would fill my mouth with the words that this particular congregation needs to hear this morning. Shed us, Lord Father God, on the next 21 days as we shed ourselves off, O God, and pursue you, Lord. That you would show yourself in a mighty way, O God. That the evidence of our faith, O Lord, would be made manifest not only to us, but to all those around us, Lord that they would know we serve a living God in and through Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So there they were, the disciples. (laughs) I mean, come on, they were basically doing what they were doing every day. wasn't out of fear. This man came and brought his son to them, and and he asked them to heal him. And so, you know, Jesus was teaching them and they have been doing. And so they went the way they did every other day and they prayed over this young man and yet he wasn't healed. But there were sick people before him and they were healed. There were demon-possessed people before him and they were delivered. They didn't hesitate when they brought this boy to them. And so I got to tell you and, 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 and challenge you that this wasn't a matter of fear. Jesus said it was a lack of faith. It was a matter of unbelief. But, but, but hold on a second. It, it just, it seems to me that, that they did believe. If they didn't believe, why would they have even tried praying over him? They gave it an attempt. And the man said that your disciples couldn't do it. And the disciples then came to him and said, why? So, 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 so even if we believed, even if we had enough faith as of a mustard seed to be able to cast out mountains and obstacles out of, out of our lives, it seems that there's still a condition, an if, you got to be careful with that word in the Bible. It's only two letters. It's a small word, easy to skip over. But it's a conditional word. If, if. It, it, gives, it gives the notion that one has to give over to the other. If, if. 
And if we introduce the perfect pair into our faith walk, the impossible becomes possible to the believer. And what is that pair? It's prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Come on, I mean, the, right there, verse 21. It was because of your unbelief. Your, your lack of faith. And if you had that faith, you would be living a lifestyle. This isn't a once in a year type thing. I mean, we are corporately coming together to seek God out in prayer and fasting for the next 21 days. But what Jesus was telling them, that this ought to be a lifestyle. This recalibration of who we are in Christ. We should constantly be seeking to, to put the flesh to death, to crucify the flesh with Christ, and to live out in the spiritual nature. The Bible tells us that there's a war that takes place inside each and every one of us. The flesh is warring against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And at any given point in time, whichever one you're feeding the most is the dog that's going to win the fight. And there comes a point in time when we realize, my God, I, I am not calibrated right. I need to put this flesh into subjection of the spirit man. Who, who's, who's more important? What, what are you? You're not, you're not a physical being having a spiritual encounter. You're a spiritual being having a physical encounter. But when it's all said and done, the flesh is going back to the maggots and to the dirt where it came from. And the spirit man is going to continue to live on because the soul was created to be eternal. So why do we put more emphasis and more importance on the things that feed the flesh rather than seeking the things that's going to feed the soul? There's a calibration that needs to take place. And prayer and fasting is the key. It's the perfect pair that when we bring it together is going to move and bring forth the evidence of God in our lives. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. But it's the evidence of the things that are not seen. Whew. Substance, substance, tangible. What I can hold on to. Evidence. It's going to give credibility. So if in my faith, I'm going to bring forth as a substance of my things that are hoped for. Father God, I pray that you are going to restore and save my family. Can I do that? Me? Not in the flesh? I can't do it. So, so the things that I can't do becomes my substance in my faith to bring before God. And I'm going to trust in God to be able to do it because I can't do it. I know I can't do it. And if I fall back and step away from it and let him do it, when it's done against all odds, against all obstacles, against all probability, now the manifestation of his presence moving in that situation, I get to see the evidence of my faith. 
My God, you're moving on my behalf. As we embark into the next 21 days of hunger to corporately fast. But what is that? I know how to pray, but how do I fast? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) We've got some handouts. And so please do not leave without this handout. And, and, and I do apologize for the rough cut on the side of the, but, um, I'm going to be posting these on, on, on Facebook, on Instagram. And, and so, you know, you'll, you'll have it, but you know, we, we I made copies for you. And these are fasting frequently asked questions, the FAQs of fasting. And so what fasting really is, it's a willing, abstinence or reduction for some or all food and drink for a period of time it's a willing abstinence of food and drink for a period of time now i'm going to challenge you and i'm I'm going to tell you that not everybody is in the physical condition that can truly fast in certain ways and so we've given uh three different options on this frequently asked questions Option number one, it's all written on the handout, so, but option number one is, is a single meal fast. That means that you would agree to just eat one meal a day. That you're gonna give up. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so what fasting is that if I can deny my body something that it absolutely needs for substance, and I'm going to learn that I don't live to eat, but I eat to live. And so rather than going and, and, and he, eating the choice meals with all of that adobo seasoning and all of that good stuff and saying, you know what? I'm going to get back down to the basic essentials, to the bare essentials. And give up those desserts and give up all of that nonsense. And I'm just going to come back down to the, to the bare minimal of what I need to sustain and, and, and break it down to one meal a day. And I'm going to give up my other two meals and I'm going to pursue God. Lunchtime at work rather than going out and sitting and putting my bowl in the microwave. I'm going to grab a seat and I'm going to whip out my Bible. They may label you. They may say, oh, look at this Jesus freak. Look at this individual. But I can guarantee you that people are going to respect you. And they're going to come to you. And they're going to ask you questions. Because we live in a world where, where the lost is hungry for the truth. Be that light. Uh, the meals should be of green greens or, or fruits and vegetables, soups, certainly a generous supply of fluids throughout the course of the day. And obviously, if you have any health conditions, we, I would recommend that you consult your doctor before you fast. If, 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 if because you have medications and you have to take medications and you need some substance, if you operate heavy machinery, if, if, if you're working and there's a demand on you physically, um, then, then I would encourage then option number two may be a consideration, a Daniel fast what we call a Daniel fast. Um, and that's a, a, a variation. It's based on the prophet Daniel, uh, typical Jewish fasting principles. Um, and this fast is basically very similar to a, a vegan meal, a vegan diet. 
fruits, vegetables, whole grains such as quinoa. You give up uh, uh, all of those processed and and bleached uh, uh, carbs and pastas and rice, and get back down to like the organic brown grains, and 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 you give up all of the uh, meats and and choice foods, and so you have multiple meals throughout through the course of the day, but they're just really kind of almost consisting as a vegan or vegetarian uh, diet, and that's 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 valid. That's valid. That's a sacrifice. And for those who cannot modify their diet, option number three uh, gives you maybe something that you would consider that's a non-food fast. A non-food fast. Cut out the distractions. And I'm going to say that if you're fasting, either option one or option two, that you should still also do option three, which is what? Give up the distractions. Give up the soap operas. Give up the the uh, 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 the the television. I mean, I'm sorry, the television. Give up the television. Um, you know, um, limit your computer use. Uh, only, you know, I mean, a computer is a good thing, but you know, get into your blue letter Bible uh, uh, um, website or your Bible study tools website and start looking at some of the commentaries and and utilize it for. Your self edification in in, in 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 your spiritual walk. Um, you can you can uh, uh, eliminate here. This one's big. Secular music. Just cut the music out. Here, do do the twenty one day K Love challenge. Right. So put your radio on uh, on K Love ninety six point seven. Leave it there. Don't move it. <laughs> You know, if you're going to listen to music, listen to, to, to Christian music. Cut out the secular stuff. Cut out the Drake. Cut out the Jay-Z. Cut out all of the, you know, uh, uh, um, stuff and, and, and just get back down into, into worship. Music was created to worship God. The devil tried to give us the, the bootleg, but it's not fulfilling. Sports, video games, etc. Cut out distractions for 21 days. 21 days, I'm going to eliminate the distractions, and I'm going to get back into basics here. Um, the sheets, the, the handouts would also give you uh, why fasting is important, and, you know, um, you know is, impa- is, is prayer important? Obviously, you can't have the one without the other. It's the perfect pair. Um, it'll give you some information regardless if you have medical issues and if there is situa- certain situations that you ought to pause from your fast. And so, um, and it also gives you so- some instructions on how to end your fast, which of course we will go over as we're getting ready to wean off of our fast. Andrew Murray um, wrote, here's a quote, prayer is the one hand in which we grasp the invisible. Fasting is the other hand in which we let loose and cast away the visible. What are some of the visible attributes that your flesh is showing? showing? Are you short in temperament? Are you lacking in love? Is there unforgiveness? What are some of the things that people can physically see on you? The tree is known by the fruit. It produces. And so it's a matter of identifying the rotten fruit and trimming them off the tree. Amen? Amen. Prayer is what moves 
the hand of God. When we pray, it brings forth his manifest will here on earth as it is in heaven. And fasting is what will break the yoke and bring forth deliverance. What are some of the things that you've been praying for and you just haven't seen the evidence? What are some of the things that you've been contending uh, with the Lord and you're asking to see and it just doesn't seem to... What's the answer that you're seeking? What's the vision that you want from God? And watch within the next 21 days as you deny yourself, deny the flesh, and as the spirit man or woman rises up and takes the lead role, too, too, too many of us, you know, we, we call ourselves Christians, but the flesh is dragging the spirit on the ground. And we're walking, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian, but man, I'm worrying about my job. I got the boiler, no thing, and I got this. And, and, and the spirit man is being dragged through the mud because the flesh is the one that's making all of the... Fasting and prayer changes that dynamic and brings forth the spirit man to begin to lead. You call those things that are not as if though they are. You begin to pray with power and authority, knowing the will of God. You begin to move and intercede on behalf of others who are in need, and the spirit is in control, and the flesh is dragged through the mud. Fasting. Who's in control? Cast down those strongholds. Doubt turns into certainty. Fear into courage. Overcome opportunity to overcome all addictions and idolatry. For me, one I got to put in check. First thing I do when I wake up, clearing off emails, text messages, Facebook and uh, uh, Instagram and, and you know who's responding <laughs> God put it down and put it away unforgiveness fasting and prayer will give you the opportunity and the ability to just let it go it's not that serious the only, the only person that is injured by unforgiveness is the person who's carrying it Hatred turns into unconditional love. The people that you would think that you would never be able to understand, the people that you want no business in understanding, all of a sudden God gives you a tenderness in your heart for them. You begin to pray and fast. I'm telling you, family, hold on. You better watch out. God's going to start revealing some things in the spirit realm that's going to challenge you. It's going to change you. Pride. Pride turns into humility. To pray and fast is to starve the flesh and feed the spirit. We're going to starve the flesh and feed the spirit. William Secker wrote, by fasting the body learns to obey the soul. And by praying The soul learns to command the body. Let's bring this flesh and spirit into alignment and bring it and put it in God's hand and see what he will do. So I'm going to ask you, church, 
Would you consider pairing yourself with me? Listen, what we can't do alone, we can certainly do together. If you would pair yourself with me, can we corporately come together, fervently pray and fast with expectation? Come on, and if we don't, if we're not trusting God for something, then why are we doing this? If we're not bringing something to God's feet to leave it at the foot of the cross, what's the purpose and the sense? What's the expectation for the next 21 days? What do you want to see God do and move in your life? Bring it into alignment with his word and his scriptures. Make sure that you know that your will is in alignment with his will. God, not my will be done, but your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. I want to change and subject and mold myself to your will as you created me. And then as I begin to pray for your will to be done through my life, I can now have the expectation that those crooked things shall be made straight before my very eyes. As we pray, let's corporately pair up. Huh? Can we pair up with the peak and come into agreement in prayer? This first week, I'm going to be posting on on, online. I'll try to send it out in emails and texts. Um... But we're also corporately stepping into our first week in prayer. And I want you to tell you, church, this isn't something that we are doing by ourselves. This isn't something that's just the peak. We are joining hundreds of Assembly of God churches throughout this country in our fasting and in our praying. So we, what we are doing here corporately, we are actually joining with other churches that have the same heart, that have the same expectations, that are moving within their communities on God's behalf. And so as we pray, Second Chronicles 7.14, if, there's that, there's that conditional word, huh? If my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then, only then, will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. If my people, today's Sunday, if my people, Prayer focus. One, conditional. If. Second, that we will be known as Christ followers. It's not just a matter of saying, oh yeah, you know, I'm a Christian. No. No. You could turn around and say that you're a Christian. I could hang out in my garage all day long. It doesn't make me a Cadillac. We, we could come to church every Sunday morning. Doesn't necessarily make you a Christian. To be known as a man and a woman of God means that the people around you recognize that you move differently. That your confidence and your trust and your faith is in something. Why could you be going through what you're going and still have peace? I don't understand. Because I carry the name of my father. Because I know this is only temporarily. And this too shall pass. And although morning may endureth the night, but joy 
Come on, it's only it's it's only a a a a, a sleep and a wake up. You think you think what? You think that this is going to be able to affect me? Come on, putting this into alignment to be known as a child of God. That we would pray that the joy of the Lord would be so evident in our lives that others will want to know about this relationship. And we're going to continue in our prayers. Monday is going to be humble yourselves. Tuesday, we're going to pray and seek God's face. Wednesday, we're going to repent and to turn. And Thursday, we're going to pray to hear from heaven. And Friday, we're going to say, Lord, restore my land, restore my country, restore Peekskill, restore, oh, Father God, my household. This is my land. Wherever my foot goes, oh, God, bring forth that restoration. And Saturday will end it up with praying continually as we come and gather together next week, Sunday, with testimonies of what God has done throughout the course of this week. I want to encourage you to please consider, consider. You know, you don't have to make it a habit. It would be nice. But I would consider, come out on Tuesday night for corporate prayer. If one person can send a thousand to flight, my God, if we pair up, come on, if we pair up, God's going to move within this city. And I see it happening already. Will you dare to pair yourselves together as a church? Here's another perfect pair.